we just came off of Easter. Woo! Hope y'all had a lovely Easter. Um, and we built up leading to Easter, going through a series called Cultivate. We looked at some of the spiritual disciplines and practices that are for our benefit that God has made available to us so that we could cultivate our relationship with God. And before that, if you remember, beginning of the year, we had what we called a cultural engagement Sunday. Woo, go team. But we talked about how we as a church are engaging the culture around us. We looked at some global mission things that we're involved with which is beautiful. We talked about Hope Center and what they're doing over in Fair Oaks. Uh, we looked at what we're doing in partnering with DCFS. And for this morning, kind of like what we did with Cultural Engagement Sunday, we're going to be talking a little bit about what spiritual formation looks like within the life of Connection Church, which I know that sounds very academic, but hopefully will make it a little more practical for us this morning. So just to give a brief definition of what spiritual formation is, because that word, it might contain baggage for some of you. It might sound more like Chinese than English to you, and that's okay. But just to give a basic definition of what we call spiritual formation is this. Spiritual formation is the process of becoming like Jesus for the sake of others. And so as we talk about spiritual formation, that it is exactly that, that it is each and every one of us becoming more formed into the image of God, not so that we can go out into our communities and just show off how spiritual and holy we are, but spiritual formation ultimately is for us to become more like Jesus for the sake of those around us. And as the passage says in Luke chapter 6, verses 39 to 40, and as it's going to be up on the screen again for you, he also told them a parable. Someone who is blind cannot lead another who is blind, can he? Won't they both fall into a pit? A disciple is not greater than his teacher, but everyone when fully trained will be like his teacher. And for those of us that claim the name of Jesus, for those of us that have chosen to have faith in Jesus, that he is our Lord and our Savior. He is also our teacher. And as we look throughout Jesus's life, he had 12 intimate disciples that, taught, that were learning from him, that were observing things that Jesus was doing and was hearing his teaching and how he went about life. And for us, we do likewise, that Jesus is our teacher, and that we, as apprentices under Jesus, we become fully trained and we, be, we begin to look a little bit more like him. So how, for those of you that have heard of the, um, the Christian resource um, outlet Lifeway, if you do a basic search on Lifeway of the word discipleship, which is often a word that people associate with spiritual formation. So if you're confused about spiritual formation, you can just assume discipleship. But if you do a basic search of discipleship on Lifeway, you will get over 3,400 hits of material. So there seems to be an abundance of discipleship material. Wouldn't you think 
that we would have less material? Wouldn't you think we would have nailed it by now? But yet, many churches and Christian organizations and groups have created a plethora of discipleship models, curriculum, and all of these things. And there are so many different variations. Some discipleship material will emphasize one thing over another, but yet here at Connection, we just want to make discipleship hopefully a little bit more simple or spiritual formation a little more simple. And simply put, our goal as apprentices under Jesus is threefold, and it should pop up behind me. Two more. There we go. Love it. Thank you, gentlemen. Simply put, our goal as we choose to follow in the way of Jesus, is first to be with him, the second is to become like him, and the third is to do the things that he did. Seems pretty simple, right? So, like, all the other discipleship material could be secondary. Let's just aim to do these three things really well. And just to break it down a little bit, the first one, to be with him, is our core value of intimacy with Christ. So that means spending time with Jesus, The disciples throughout the New Testament and the Gospels, they were intimately with Jesus. They walked with him. They broke bread with him. They laughed with him. They cried with him. They did life with him. And for us, we have the spiritual disciplines of prayer, Bible reading, silence and solitude, all sorts of different practices that we can engage with to be with him, which is why you are taught from a very little age to pray, Spend time with Jesus. Do your devotions. And those things are good and are part of our discipleship unto Jesus. The second one, to become like him, is to adopt the characteristics of Jesus. To become more compassionate. To be a person of grace. To, as 2 Corinthians says, to engage in the ministry of reconciliation and all sorts of other characteristics of Jesus that we are called to actually grow in. Paul told the Galatians the particular fruits of the Spirit. That's another aim that we have to grow in, to mature in. And then the third thing is to do the things that Jesus did. To actually go out and take care of the poor. To go out and share the good news that Jesus has come among us. And all sorts of other things that Jesus did. And I know that sounds like very high level here, and you might be asking the question, okay, how can I do that? That sounds good, like I'm bought in, I read that Jesus did all these things, it sounds cool, this is very idealistic, but how are we going to accomplish this as a church? Good question, because we're going to hopefully answer that for you. So the first way that we are going to accomplish this at Connection is through prayer. That we believe here at Connection, that our primary work, catch that again, our primary work is to engage in prayer. And programmatically, we're going to try to do this and make Wednesdays our important day of prayer. Hopefully, every day is an important day of prayer. But within Connection, we want to really emphasize Wednesday as a day of prayer. So we've been doing our Wednesday night prayer from 6 to, it says 6.30, but let's be honest, we pray a little long and go until about 6.45, and that's fine. Um, But then something we're going to start doing here this upcoming Wednesday is we are actually going to open up the sanctuary for anyone 
to come in and to have a quiet space to pray from about seven to nine in the morning. I know for some of you, you work really early that morning and that's lovely. But for those of you that maybe you're on your way to work and you wanna have 10 to 15 minutes of just silence for you to be able to pray. Maybe you dropped off your kids at elementary school and before you go home or to go do whatever it is that you wanna do, you wanna just come here and sit and have a place to pray. And also for moms, there will be childcare from eight to nine on Wednesday mornings. So you can drop off your kids in the gym and come here and be able to pray without your kids screaming in your ear, which I just felt so many moms go, ah, oh, that sounds nice. But you can take advantage of that. Um, I've already done a lot of talking. So Brian, I know prayer is one thing that is a passion of yours. And um, I just want you to be able to share with our church a little bit of why we should pray, how we should pray, and all the things the Lord's put on your heart. First of all, um, before we pray, we have to remember that Jesus already knows what we're thinking. That Jesus loves us. And not only are we talking to the Lord, but we trust in Him. We have faith in Him. You know, it's not a matter or a question of, is he listening, or does he hear me? I mean, you hear people say that so many times, he doesn't hear my prayers, or I wonder if he hears my prayers. Well, you can know that for sure he hears your prayers. The Lord God Almighty is like a father who, let's say he sent his son or daughter off, they got married, he doesn't see them every day, but he loves it when they call him. I got to take one of my boys out today, Brenda and I did, for his birthday. We don't get to see this son very often. And um, he turned 35 this week, and we got to take him out for lunch. It was a big deal to us. We stopped everything. That was our deal, to go out for lunch. Not to minimize the rest of our children, but we just don't get to see him very often. We get to see all our other kids almost every day, but not this one. So that was a big deal. Let's go to Jesus and see what he says about prayer and how often he goes to pray. I looked it up and there was at least six examples. And I'm going to read a few of them to you. In Jesus' early ministry, he spent the whole night alone in prayer because the next day he chose his 12 disciples. So in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 13... One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. He prayed all night. It was a big deal. You probably would figure that Jesus already knew who he's going to choose, but he went to the Lord in prayer. He went to his Father in prayer. Another example is in a time of distress. Hours before Jesus was arrested, he went to the Mount of Olives and went a short distance away from his disciples to pray. He was in great emotional agony knowing what he was about to face. In Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 44, 
Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus knew what he had to do, and he knew that there was no way out, but he was human. And he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. You know, this tells us that even though we think of our Lord Jesus as being so perfect, he struggled too with big decisions. And when he had these in front of him, where did he go? He went to the Lord in prayer. Just like we should always go all the time. You know, I am not worthy to go to the Lord in prayer. But he receives me. Just like a father does when he misses his children. And he wants them to come back to him. And he wants to talk to them. So remember that when you go to prayer. And then the last one I have is to work through grief. After Jesus learned that his cousin John the Baptist had been beheaded, he went away by himself. Yes, even the Son of God grieves. So in Matthew chapter 14, the first 13 verses, At that time Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work with him. Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered him a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for them and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed. But because of his oaths and the dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in prison. His head was brought in a on a platter and given to the girl who carried to her mother. John's disciple came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. So he went to pray. So even Jesus, our Savior, grieves. Also, before we pray, I want you to think of Jesus not as your Savior, although He is, but He's our servant. You know, when Jesus started His ministry here on earth, all the apostles, the people could think that He was going to be a king, an earthly king. Well, that wasn't so, because Jesus was more than just an earthly king. He was our Messiah. He shed 
his blood for our sins. And so he always took the example of a servant. We need to learn by that example. We need to humble ourselves and we need to be there for other people. I have a lady that lives just a quarter of a mile from me. She's very confused. She's never known the Lord. And um, I don't know what to say to her. I don't even know if she would understand. But it's not for me to know. Because the Lord constantly prompts me to tell her about him. I don't know what's going to happen, but I guess I better do what the Lord says. There was another time recently where the Lord told me three times every week to call this lady because this lady had been through exactly what another lady had been through that that lady would understand. So finally I called the lady and the first thing I said was, don't be angry with me, the Lord told me to tell you this. And, she, and fortunately she knows the Lord. And I told her what the Lord wanted her to do was go visit this lady. I don't know if she has yet. But, you know, even it's never easy. We need to do what the Lord says. If he puts it on our heart, we need to do it. Because usually it's going to turn out fine. He loves us. He cares for us. He's not going to ask us to do something that's not going to work out. And even though it might be a little tough for us, <laughs> what is that? Nothing. What an honor to do what the Lord asks you to do. And what an honor it is to talk and converse with the Lord. And I think of it as earthly friends. I have a friend that they have someone far away that calls them every day. And they converse. They know each other, what each other's going through. That's the only way you're going to know what's going on. How much better to know your Lord than to talk to Him every day. And you don't have to prepare to go in prayer. You can be driving your car down the highway and pray. You can be sitting, listening to Jordan this morning, talk about prayer, and you can pray. By the way, we're, he started a Sunday school class at 9.15 and, um, about prayer, and it's very good. I encourage you to come if you have the time. So I wrote down a, through, a, a few notes about prayer. He knows you, and he's always listening. He's right there. You don't have to worry about if he's busy and he can't talk to you. In fact, you can do all the talking. You don't have to worry about if the line's busy. Isn't that amazing that he's always there for us? You know, when it comes down to it, our relationship with Jesus Christ is not a religion. It's a relationship. And it's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. He's not going to judge you. He's there for you, just like you're there for your children. Do you think when a child comes to you and asks for something, they're going to say, no, because you were not good the other day. You're going to give them what they want. How much more is the Lord who loves you unconditionally, forgets 
all of your sins. All you have to do is say, Lord, please forgive me. He throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, it says. And he's right there for you again. Every time. Over and over again. So I encourage you to talk to the Lord. It can be quietly. It can be loud. It can be through a song. And another thing I want to remind you, so many times when I pray, it's because, Lord, I need. I need this. I need that. You know, and it gets convicting to me. It's almost like somebody, the Holy Spirit is telling me, why don't you go to the Lord and say thank you? Why don't you go to the Lord, not when you need this, but you just want to thank you because we are all blessed. Our blessings don't cost any money. Our blessings are not based on value by money. Our blessings don't cost us anything. And the blessings we have, we need to thank the Lord for them because he is so generous with us. Whether it be with children, a friendship, a loved one, we're all blessed. We need to remember that. We need to thank him for that. Because like I said, for me, myself, I'm very unworthy of the Lord's love. But he just keeps giving me more and more and more of his love. Which is why here at Connection, we want to emphasize prayer. And that prayer is not for merely the spiritually mature, but it's for those that call themselves a child of God that you can come before your Father and sit with Him and just be with Him. And so the first thing that we do as a church to help in our becoming like Jesus is to pray. The second thing that we wanted to bring up is that we want to emphasize small groups. For those of you that are involved in a small group, this is an excellent way for you to dive deeper into the Word of God and to fellowship with a small group of people, to be able to be open, vulnerable, honest, to, to share your life, and to be able to grow together. Um, I'm just really curious, how many of you are currently in a small group? This isn't a condemning raise of your hand. Okay, cool. Good deal. And I'm going to brag on my small group a little bit because I have a microphone. Like, I just, I love that we can come every other Thursday because the other Thursdays we meet just guys, girls, whatever. If you want to talk about our small group later, we can. But I love that we can just come as we are. Like, we could have had the worst week, the best week, but we can just come and rally around each other, pray for each other, open up God's word together grow closer together. Because when you start a small group, you have the awkwardness of like, oh, am I going to like gel with them? Like, is this going to be cool? Am I going to say something and really offend them? Or are they going to say something that'll offend me? But yet, as you grow together and you realize that the tie that binds you is Jesus, that as you grow closer together, that there's something really beautiful that happens in the midst of that small group. And so I would highly encourage those of you that didn't raise your hand, to get involved in a small group. If you want to know about some of our small groups, there's a bulletin board. You come out here, take a left, 
It'll be staring you right in the face. There's plenty of information about some small groups there, or you can go on our website. Um, and I know, Brian, you've been involved in small groups for a little while. How has how small groups been impactful for you? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, when you first start a small group, um, I've done it a couple times, and, and I will go home and I will think, Lord, I'm never going to be able to communicate with these people. They don't know a thing about what I do. I don't know a thing about what they do. They live in Danville. I live right next to the big town of Armstrong, which is about 200 people. How am I ever going to relate to them? And it'll be months later that we're all sharing each other with our prayer concerns, our thoughts, our life. I'm thinking, how did you know, Lord? But um, it always works out. It, it works out to where it's like home, where you can go there relaxed and you can share with each other. And each other has the same problems. You know, all those people you thought were immune to any problems or they were perfect or whatever, they got the same problems you got. Isn't that amazing? So small groups, they're awesome. And if you aren't a part of one or maybe the Lord's prompting you in your heart to lead one, uh, you're more than welcome to talk to me or Brian and we would love to get that ball rolling and that process started for you. So we emphasize prayer, small groups, and the third one is what we call connection classes, Sunday school, 9.15 hour, whatever title you want to give to it. I'm going to call it connection classes because it sounds really catchy. But this is another opportunity for us as we look to grow and become more like Jesus for the sake of others that we can open up God's word, hear from good teachers, engage in dialogue, and to be able to become more like Jesus as we dive into God's word. And Brian already mentioned it, and I promise I didn't like add to his notes, like make my class sound really good. I didn't do any of that. But we are going to slowly but surely launch back into more of these connection classes. There is childcare available, woo, so go parents. But we have an opportunity, once again, to be able to sit under good godly teaching and to be able to grow and learn in particular areas. The one that we just kicked off this morning is a series that we're calling Teach Us to Pray, where we just have an opportunity to open up God's word, to be able to talk a little bit more about what prayer is. And in the coming weeks, we're going to look at different forms and methods of prayer, um, like prayers of adoration, intercessory prayer, confessional prayer, prophetic prayer. And we're going to look at a bunch of different categories of prayer that are found within Scripture and to be able to look at examples that we have and then to be able to practice them. And the more that we open up and launch these connection classes, the more that we'll be able to have more opportunities for you to be able to learn and grow in particular areas. Um, and hopefully more, once again, will be rolling out soon. And I know a lot of my growth, especially as a young one, was being involved in a Sunday school class at my church and having an adult pour their life into me. I've had some that weren't as great, and we could share stories about that later. But I've had plenty of opportunities of people who have dove into God's word on my behalf and have poured their life and their heart into me before a church service, and it's greatly marked and impacted my life.
Brian, have you ever had any kind of connect, like a connection class Sunday school that either you led or sat under that you still remember today? Oh, yeah, but then I was thinking about the negative stuff I told you downstairs this morning, which I won't share. But anyway, um, it's awesome. Um, the people that come into your life, um, and, and they may not say much, but you might be in a meeting with them or whatever, and when they do talk, you know that you better stop and listen to them because they got something to say. Um, I remember some really cool people like that. Also, remember a preacher from Urbana. He would drive all the way to the little town of Armstrong. He was a teacher in Urbana, and and he was so energetic and dynamic. And um, we le- really learned a lot from him. In fact, he married Brenda and I. So, so that was pretty neat. He had a lot of words of wisdom, and he and he would go out in the community. He'd go to the baseball games, and he even played church basketball with us. And he was a great guy. He, you knew he loved the Lord. You didn't have to ask him. And I know there are plenty of those people that you could probably be able to grab a mic and share names and stories of people that have poured into your life over the years. One person I think of that we're pretty familiar with is Jim Wood. I know the legacy that he is leaving and has left and has poured into countless individuals, even in this room, um, is so invaluable. And so I know we got used to, because of COVID, when we shut down, we got used to not coming early, and we got used to sleeping in an extra hour or two. But I promise, if you do set your alarm a little early and you come and you sit under these type of classes, that the Lord will meet you in those spaces um, and that you could become more like Jesus as you learn more about him. And so once again, we emphasize prayer small groups, connection classes. The fourth one that I want to mention is we have specific ministries that attempt to accomplish us becoming more like Jesus for the sake of others. And just to name a few, we have Kid Connection, which Maria has stepped in beautifully into that new role, and she's continuing to carry the torch and continuing to invest in our little kids as we can pour in here and be able to sit under godly teaching and worship and have a space for us to just be here, that we have adults and leaders who are pouring into our kiddos and are preaching the gospel and teaching them good godly things in a language and in verbiage that they can understand, that if they were to sit in here and sit under this teaching, they might be like, "Uh," or they'll just probably throw something or whatever, which is great. But Kid Connection is here to serve our children for them to be able to become more like Jesus. And there's been beautiful stories of what God has done through Kid Connection. And as they graduate out of Kid Connection, they come into what we call Connection Students, which is our youth ministry. And we meet on Sunday nights, junior high from 5 to 6.30, high school 6.30 to 8. And that's a time for our junior high and high school students to be able to lock arms together, to be able to grow together, and to learn more about Jesus in their context. Um, Because they live in a world, they live in a culture right now within their schools, within their social groups, that, that they desperately need to be able to hear the gospel, to be able to then go out and share the gospel in the midst of their culture. 
and our student ministry exists to be able to help encourage and build them up. We also have things like If Gathering, where our ladies gather together and talk about Jesus and grow closer together. Uh, for a while, we had our men's breakfast, and I hope that gets cooking. See what I did there? Because they provided breakfast, and the cooking was always phenomenal. Go Pete Powell and Jim Penrod. But we have very specific ministries that are for different demographics, not to create silos, but to actually be able to speak specifically towards like a particular area of your life. Hopefully within our connection classes, we could do classes about parenting, about the digital space, or whatever kind of topics that you guys think would be beneficial, which I would love to hear any and all suggestions for a connection class. Um, but we have very specific ministries that reach specific demographics. Um, and so we have a bunch of different, hopefully more specific ministries that we can dive into so you can become more like Jesus in those areas. And then last but not least, this. That what we are doing here is part of our spiritual formation. Let me ask a question. This can be rhetorical, unless if you really want to answer. Did Jesus gather in the midst of God's people? Yes. Yes, he did, regularly. You read throughout the Gospels, and Jesus is often with God's people. And sometimes he did come in and he flipped a table. But there's often the times between where Jesus would sit under teaching, would be in the midst of God's people, would sing songs, would hear scripture, would read scripture, would preach and teach and engage with God's people with the presence of God. And so we did mention the four things before, but we don't want to de-emphasize what happens here on a Sunday morning. And that this isn't a time for us to be able to gather here, hear someone preach and someone who can sing a tune to be able to play or whatever. But this is a place where we can actually come together as God's family and to be able to engage with the presence of God, to be able to become more like him, to sing songs of worship to him, to have ears and eyes, to be able to hear and see things that God is doing in the midst of what we have here. And we can open God's word, hear God's word proclaimed, and that we can be able to become more like Jesus as we gather here. I know I've had plenty of times in my life where I've dragged myself in here because the past week has just been really hard and I'm like, I don't really want to sing or hear this. But then the Lord in those moments meets me in personal and beautiful ways in the midst of God's people and through God's people. And I've had plenty of, plenty of opportunities like that, Brian. Have there been moments for you in your life where this gathering has been impactful on your walk with Jesus? Yeah, definitely. I was just thinking, I remember a time back at um, a little church and um, we thought one of our kids wasn't listening. So on the way home, we're hammering on him like, you know, you need to listen in church. And he started telling us everything the preacher said. He had his head down. He was drawing, but he knew everything was said in the whole message. We thought, oh, 
We better be quiet. He doesn't have to be looking up to be listening. But you know what? We all need to gather together because that builds strength. You know, we need to see each other. We need to see brothers of faith. I was thinking um, today what, what I was going to say up here, and I one time a couple hours away, there's a little town called Arnsville, and I was staying in a bigger town nearby that had a motel. I was staying all night, and it just happened to be a Wednesday night. No, it was a Tuesday night, and I knew on Wednesday morning they had a men's breakfast there at this little town. I only knew one guy that was going to be there. Well, wouldn't you know, that guy asked me if I wanted to go. He came and picked me up. No, he left me a car of his, and I drove it there to the men's breakfast. But the point is, it doesn't matter where you are. As long as you all love Jesus, it changes everything. I mean, you can learn so much, and you can gain faith. It can just build you up to know that there's people far away out there that you don't even know. That love Jesus, just like us. And we all have problems and us prayer for it. You know, it was pretty cool. We were, I remember we were praying for a guy that day that was really sick. In fact, he ended up passing away. He was an awesome guy. He was a music teacher. And he could go, go right there. He didn't even need music and he'd just start playing. He'd just make you sick. He played for my daughter's wedding and he never even, he never even looked down. He just was going like this. So he was an awesome man, and we prayed for him that day. So, so just remember that. There's people everywhere that love the Lord. And um, don't ever think that you're in this little place by yourself and nobody cares or that you're the only one that has problems. Because, And praise the Lord. Remember, you can just go to him with your problems, all of them. He can handle it. He can handle it. And that's why a podcast cannot replace what we do here. I love podcasts. Hear me out. But there's something that happens when God's people incarnationally gather together. And if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, God does something beautiful in these type of environments when God's people gather together under the banner of his name. And that's why we gather on a Sunday morning, to be able to come together, to carry each other's burdens, to encourage each other, and ultimately to proclaim the resurrection of our King. Because we often need weekly reminders of that. And that's why we gather. That's why we come together. And that's why why we have such a passion for our church to look more like Jesus for the sake of the community around us. This might sound more cultural engagement coming up here in a second, but I think it's relevant because as we become more like Jesus, we as Connection Church can then take that image of Jesus and be able to go into our communities and to be able to shine the light of Christ. For us, as we are with him, as we become more like him, and as we do the things that Jesus did, if we do those things in communion with the Holy Spirit, our community will not be the same. And that's what me and Brian have a passion for, and we pray and hope and trust that we all have that same passion and desire to become more like Jesus for those around us. I got one more thing. 
Go for it. Last Love night, it. Um, I got home and we the power was out. And um, so I went outside, did the chores, came back in, and Brenda and I were going to go get a hamburger. So we went and got the hamburger, we drove around, we came back home again. The power was on. But the point I'm trying to make is, in between all that, I went back in the house and I turned on the light switch. Just a habit, isn't it? And of course, we didn't have any lights. But the point I'm trying to make is that's how the Lord is. Um, um, if you're not talking to him, if you don't think he has time or he doesn't love you, which he, all, he has time and he does love you, I want you to know that. He's drastically in love with you. It's all, and you're missing out because all you got to do is like turn on the switch and the lights come on. Well, all you got to do is talk to the Lord. He has the power to work through your life, to help you through all your problems, and not just your problems, to bless you, like I've told you before. Doug has talked about how much he blesses him. We don't deserve it, but he just blesses us because he loves us. He blesses all of us, doesn't he? But the point I'm trying to make is the power of the Holy Spirit is right there. All you got to do is turn on the light switch. All you got to do is talk to him. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Don't be sorry. Um, but as the worship team comes up, Brian, do you mind praying for us? Sure. Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. And we know you love us. And Lord, we just ask you to take us through this week. Lord, we ask that the people that need your help come right in front of us, Lord. And you tell us, you remind us that they need love too, that they have problems too. And Lord, remind us to maybe we need to just stop talking and just listen to them. We can't solve their problems, but we can sure pray for them. And sometimes people just need an ear to hear them. Lord, remind us of that, Lord. Remind us that it's more about you and less of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.